Hey there, my food biz whizzes. I am really excited to welcome Noah Alper to our show today. Noah is joining me in conversation around making that huge decision to launch your business and then just how big to go if you decide to take that leap forward. If you've already launched your business and you are tuning in today, keep on listening. Noah knows a lot about launching, growing, and selling food businesses, and I can't wait to chat with him. He's a serial entrepreneur, and he is the founder of six ventures, including two mega successful food businesses. You might know the West Coast Noah's New York bagels chain, and perhaps Bread and Circus, one of the Northeast's largest natural food chains, and now part of Whole Foods Market. Six and a half years after founding Noah's New York bagels, he sold that business for $100 million. So Noah now uses his expertise to help businesses with concept creation, branding, marketing, retailing, and sales management. And he works as a consultant specializing in entrepreneurial strategy and executive coaching. So I'm so delighted to have Noah join me today. For those of you who are debating whether or not to launch your business, and for those of you who have already launched and are wondering just how big you should dream, this episode is for you. Let's do this. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for about six years, and this year in 2021, we'll hit our 1,000th brand to enroll in the course. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and nearly 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts. So whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms, I would love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on to the waitlist to be the first to know when we welcome in new food, beverage, and taxable grocery brands. You can find the waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. Welcome, Noah. Great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Allie. Very nice to be here. I'm excited for this. And let me just say to my whizzes before we get into it, Noah, I'm, I want to highlight something really special that we are trying out with this podcast episode. So my Retail Ready students, as you know, every month we bring in an industry expert into Retail Ready and they answer your questions about a topic where they are uniquely positioned to consult on. So we've had, you know, Amazon experts, PR agencies, digital marketing experts, financial consultants, hiring and team building experts, and so many more. So I love this aspect of Retail Ready and our students do too. So here's what we're going to try out. Noah is generously doing this podcast with us today, and then he's going to come into into Retail Ready as our industry expert on Wednesday, May 19th to answer your questions around growing your food businesses. So I figured it might be fun for our Retail Ready students for you guys to get to know Noah before our expert call. So let's, let's give this experiment a try. 
So Retail Ready students, make sure you are taking notes and jotting down your follow-up questions for our industry expert call in May. So Noah, let's get back to it. So it seems like you have done a ton over the past few decades, and I'm I'm going to fast forward us to the present before we go back in time. So tell me, where are you, where are you recording from and what are you focused on right now? Um, I'm recording from actually from White Plains, New York, um, All right. where, my, where um, my wife and I have just uh, moved into a second home to be close to our grandkids. Uh, and, uh, at the same time, um, obviously I'm working with entrepreneurs on the, on the move, uh, developing products and, uh, bringing them to market and, uh, coaching, uh, executive coaching as well, uh, both sort of, um, uh, expertise in, in, in specifics and also in more general, um, development, if you will. Mm. And that's actually how you and I first got connected, which is through a mutual client. So I've got a retail ready student who, who reached out and was like, Allie, like you have to talk to Noah. He's been Mm -hmm. coaching me. He's been helping me with strategy. You know, you, you've got to, you've got to make the connection. And that Mm -hmm. happened, that happened a couple of months ago, right? Yes, yes. I've been working with Henri. I think I can uh, mm-hmm. definitely use his name. Um, and uh, he's just been terrific. And the process has been terrific uh, in, in terms of uh, being able to assist him with, you know, the years of experience that I've had. And also, I think, as importantly, another perspective because uh yeah. you know yeah. uh the, the you you lonely entrepreneurs you know <laughs> gets lonely up there sometimes and having someone else to bounce stuff off of in and by itself is very important totally and what i respect about Henri too is that he he realizes that it takes a village to launch a food business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, yes. you know, I, I love it when my retail ready students can trust in me and I'm sure you love it when your clients trust in you too, but mm-hmm. it takes so many different things to launch and grow a food business that I, I always find it so valuable when students come in and realize that retail ready, quite frankly, is not going to solve every single one of their business challenges. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, you know, in the cold water department, <laughs> um, <laughs> many or most um, new ventures uh, aren't going to succeed, and and yeah. so that's just the fact the fact of life. So, in order to succeed, which is what we want, retail ready wants it. I want it. We all want it. Uh, it does take the proverbial village, um, a yeah. lot of voices. Uh, and a lot of different expertise to, you know, t- to ensure that it does succeed. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a hard, it's, it's hard out there and gosh, you know, it, like I said, in the intro, you've launched yeah. six different ventures. I know mm-hmm. I said, I wanted to, I asked what you're presently doing, but let's, mm-hmm. can we, can we go back in time and and talk about young Noah? Um, sure. Maybe? We'll go back in the time machine. Uh, okay. Um, well, you know, I, I, um, at my age, you know, it's, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep, the, I'll try to keep the story as Fair. compact as possible. Um, I, I literally started from the ground up selling, uh, rustic wooden salad bowls on the sidewalk in Brookline, Massachusetts, <laughs> um, that I procured up in Vermont. Um, I, I think when I look back at my career, I think what's, 
uh, uh, commonality is being able to identify emerging trends uh, and, mm. and trying to uh, be there. If you use a surfing analogy, sort of like catching that wave, you're not mm. too early, you're not too late and you're not always right on, but that's the, that's the attempt. So that was the, the, the first business. And then um, uh, my, my former wife was very interested in natural foods. And so we opened up a store called Bread and Circus, yep. um, which combined the woodenware, the, the salad bowls I was selling on the sidewalk, uh, along with natural foods. Uh, and the natural foods uh, far um, outshone the, the housewares, uh, although, we, although we obviously kept both. We shrunk the housewares and expanded the, the natural foods and were, and were selling products that were in, in their infancy. Um, Haagen-Dazs, Tom's of Maine, toothpaste, um, celestial seasonings were brand new companies. Yeah, you and Noah, to put, can we put yeah. a date on this? Like when? Yes, this was a 19, <laughs> back in, in the yesteryear of 1973. Um, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and and so that, that um, business, uh, again, was very, very... Um, New the natural foods mm-hmm. business is a handful of stores across the country, um, as opposed to the vitamin shops and the quote yeah. unquote health food shops, yep. which was a different sort of category altogether. But this was a place where you could actually buy your week in, week out groceries, as well as the supplements, the beauty aids, and so forth. Um, so that you know, that uh, did that business for um. Uh, roughly three years. And I said, mm-hmm. I'd never get into the retail business again, <laughs> as long as I live only to have 38 stores with um, Noah's towards uh, oh uh, the later part, latter part of yep. my career. Yep. Um, yep. So sold, sold the business um, and then went full time into the housewares end that I had started out on the, on the, on the sidewalk um, and and because of my natural foods connections, um, sold these uh, uh, natural, many of them wooden, was sort of our niche of artisan-made wooden, uh, handmade wooden implements and uh, glassware from Spain and teak salad bowls from Thailand. We were importing from eight countries um, and selling nationally to gourmet stores and department stores and natural food stores. And by the way, um, uh, and, and, and gourmet houseware stores, which was also mm-hmm. uh, this, again, was another new industry that 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 folks had been to Europe and they'd seen um, seen and, and, and experienced great food. They came back to America. They wanted to make it themselves. Uh, yeah. We provided yeah. we provided the implements for them to do that. Uh, and of course, now we we know in, in America, I mean, and it's shocking because I grew up with Franco-American spaghetti. Uh, mm-hmm. To see the level of sophistication in food is just it, it's just it's mind blowing for me. Yeah. Um, can can I ask a question yeah. on on that sure, decision? Of course. So of course. what I what I find to be really curious here, Noah, is that with Bread and Circus, you were you know doing your category reviews or looking at your sales, and you were like, housewares are the slowest selling things, mm-hmm. and then you leave Bread and Circus, and you're like. I'm going to sell housewares. Tell me, tell uh-huh. me about your, tell me about that decision that you were like, uh-huh. okay, um, the slowest selling thing is the category that I'm going to pursue. Well, what it, it was, this, it, this was a lesson 
alley. Mm -hmm. It was the slowest selling thing in that store. Mm -hmm. Okay. But so the consumer identified that store as a natural food store, not as a houseware store. There you go. Okay. So, you know, in the grocery store, how big is the housewares department? Yeah, teeny um, tiny. Yep. Teeny tiny. But that in that 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 if you will, gourmet housewares industry was exploding. Gotcha. Um, and so it was a it was a change of you know basically a change of industry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So I I like that distinction, right? It was mm-hmm. that you were you were identifying that you know wall housewares weren't, you know, the fastest moving category Mm. Um, at Bread and Circus. There was still Mm. a huge potential in the U.S. Mm. in the 70s. Mm. Got it. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. So then what happened? Um, So, you know, I I developed that business, as I mentioned, from starting out with procured salad bowls from (laughs) Vermont. And I was living in, in Massachusetts and I would drive up in my VW bus and load them up with salad yep. bowls and come back and hawk them uh, on the sidewalk. And then I started to develop some wholesale clients, customers uh, in the Boston area, then expanded that into a national business uh, and then started importing uh, and, and expanding and broadening the line uh, to the point where we had roughly 500 um, uh, or so uh, customers. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that, uh, uh, did that business all the way up to uh, 1984. So that was kind of a long mm. run for me because I really love starting businesses and I yeah. don't <laughs> love operating them. Um, I'm, I'm being very <laughs> candid to, to your audience. Um, yep. But that that one, I, I love these salad bowls, I must tell you, and all the other things this artisan made um, housewares. And so did that, did that till... Um, 1984. Um, and, and then to continue the story, um, I got, uh, I'm Jewish, got very interested in Israel, um, went to Israel and how the, the housewares business was gourmet housewares business was sort of a gift. It was a crossover between housewares and gifts. Uh, Mm -hmm. They called it like giftable housewares or gourmet housewares. So I, I was familiar with the gift business as well. And and decided to um, sell um, uh, religious uh, uh, things from <laughs> Israel uh, okay. to, to to fundamentalist uh, Christians in the United States. Um, it was it was a time when again we're going back in time, but Ronald Reagan was in power, yep. and yep. Uh, a third of the country had admitted to a born again Christian conversion. Mm. Uh, I used that statistic and was convinced that there was a huge market for. Uh, stuff made from Israel. I dabbled in both in gifts and in food. Um, I brought in I brought in food as well as gifts, um, and it was a it just a total and uh, unabashed failure. Uh, there was, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, how was, was your how, there was how did that nothing, hypothesis play out? <laughs> uh, very poor, very poorly, okay. <laughs> very poorly. I managed to bra- uh, to offend every branch of Christianity, oh, no. uh, not knowing a darn thing about about who I was selling to. I made every sure. classic mistake, which which I would uh, be able to tell your uh, audience in three part harmony. Um, the, the, fir- the, fir- just briefly, the first of which yeah. was not understanding my customer. Um, yeah. the second of which, um, which I think is very significant for 
uh, many, many uh, people nowadays that are have social entrepreneurial aspirations, which is a really good thing. Um, but what needs to accompany it is uh, ba- basic and fundamental uh, business fundamentals and mm-hmm. not being uh, and not knowing the and knowing, excuse me, the difference between a sound business and, if you will, as a mixed metaphor, a crusade. Um, mm. And I think at that point, I didn't have the two quite separated. Mm. It was sort of rose colored glasses. And, you know, this is important to me. And therefore, it'll work. Yeah. Um, well, it, and it, you it, had it, a history yeah. of you had a history of two other successful businesses. Well, right? that's so you that, were like, it, it, here that, I go. That, like, I can do it again. That's exactly right. And I, yeah. you know, I it's that it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just gave that advice to to a client the, just I would say not more than a week ago, which is, you know, you have had tremendous success in a very short time. Be very, very careful uh, because (laughs) it it can it can lead you into a, a, you know, many roads which are very dangerous because you don't you you just have an inflated view of your of your um, uh, ability to succeed. And every business, every opportunity is a brand new game and and past successes aren't an indice of future successes. Yeah. Oh, I like your, your tough love style here. I think it's, it's so important. So, okay. So when, like, how did you decide to throw in the towel on your crusade? Uh, Yeah. Well, it sort of, the towel was thrown in for me. I I had one day where I had seven orders and I was like, yes, this thing's turning around. And the next day it went from one order every three weeks. Um, It was very, very hard. Uh, to give that business up because as you point out i had had two uh, i would say solid singles if you want to use mm-hmm. a yep. baseball yep. metaphor um and, and but uh, you know i at that point i had two kids and a third on the way and the sort of the fun and games were over yeah. um and so i actually started looking for a job which was mm-hmm. something that i really I mean, I had worked for a while in high school for my brother-in-law, but I, I'd always been on my own. And yeah. I looked around and I was told by headhunters that I was I was too entrepreneurial, that there was yep. no way they could place me. And I was in a bit of a quandary and looking to buy businesses, many of them small businesses that were for sale for a reason, um, which is that they, you know, they just yeah. weren't really viable. I didn't feel... And then my brother gave me the idea of starting a bagel place in Berkeley. And uh, I had never, I'm not a baker by trade. Uh, I I must mention that I was steeped in the food business, however. I didn't go all the way back in time and mention that my dad was a food broker. And we we lived and breathed food. So, you know. I mean, maybe people are going <laughs> to argue with me here, but there are really good bagels in Brookline. Uh, yes. Yes. So, like, well, you, are, yes. Yeah, I'm they, sure you grew with, up like in a pretty well, Jewish community I, I did, with great I, I, bagels, I, I, right? I, I agree. Well, yes and no. I did okay. grow up in a very Jewish community. Um, however, where I really got the bagel epiphany was mm-hmm. my wife um, is from Brooklyn. 
Okay. Okay. And, yep. I, and yep. I had a bagel under the elevated in Brooklyn. Uh, and if you know what that I, means, I the, yes. the train I, going up above, yes. the noise, the the, 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 the sweating on the bagels, the, the handmade yes. right, and rolled. And uh, I ate one of these things. They were the, the size of Texas, you know, yep. and yep. I said, Oh my God, this thing is like, I, I've never had anything like this. Yeah. And, and, and that really, mm-hmm. really set me sailing. Yum. Oh my gosh. I'm like hungry just thinking about this. And mm-hmm. for my mm-hmm. listeners who didn't catch that subtlety, I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, I had mentioned great bagels in Brookline, Massachusetts, like right, right you know, in, in Boston area. Mm-hmm. And you had said your light bulb moment was actually in Brooklyn, New York. So yeah. you are, yeah. you're standing by the New York bagel. Um, until uh, all the way. You, all the yeah, way. And then you go to Berkeley and you open Noah's New York Bagels on right, the West Coast right. here. Right. So my my the way my branding was constructed was um, the, the 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 mythology, if you will, was yes. that the uh, the son of the of the New York Brooklyn bagel baker, you know, leaves goes to the West Coast to get away from, you know, the family business, his father, yep. The, yep. the whole thing. And winds up that he can't get too far away from it and has to mm. replicate exactly that great tasting New York bagel that he grew up with. And yeah. it, that they, it's a fictional story. Yeah, I was going to say, it, that's kind of like BS. That's not true, though, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But what I, okay. what I learned, what I learned um, uh, some time ago was it, 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 this wasn't a story that was shared in, 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 uh, to the public. Except right. okay, by gotcha, sort gotcha. of in, by innuendo, gotcha. you know, with, okay. with the subway yep. train motif yep. and so forth and so on. But but it, what it was was gave us a um, a conception of how we were to brand the business mm. that it was yep. clean and West Coast and and customer friendly. It wasn't growly New Yorkers. Yep. But the product was the same. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense to me, right? And you know, one of the things that you said you you learned um, in your business that failed was the importance of knowing your audience and and yes. what they want, right? So yes. you, yes. it sounds like you did a lot of brand strategy work with Noah's New York Bagels, realizing that um, you had to know that audience through and through in order to to successfully sell East Coast bagels on the West Coast. Right. I mean, the basic thing was, you know, if you want a good bagel, uh, you know, the, again, the mythology, <laughs> you know, it, it, it should be somebody who's very familiar with with Jewish customs. Right. It was yep. kosher. Yep. And 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 it, you know, it was the, the real deal. We, we really yeah. emphasize the authenticity yeah. of the product. Yeah. And the. So correct me if I'm wrong, but like you said, you were never going to get back into retail after Bread and Circus. Right. And then sure enough, you open Noah's New York Bagels. It blows up. You become the largest kosher retailer at that time, right? Right. Um, In the United States. In the United States. Yeah. Excuse me. In the the entire United States. Right. And and how did it feel? I guess that's the question. (laughs) How did it feel? (laughs) Well, I, I, before I, before I tell you how it felt, um, I, 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 well, it's, it's combined. The, it came off the heels of the failure of the other business. Mm. Okay. Uh, Uh, And, and so the exhilaration that I felt at the, even from the get-go of Noah's 
was so exhilarating because of the failure mm. that preceded it. Yep. So often yep. in life, you know, it's a comparative thing. But sure. but tr- truth be told, and I, I think this was a very significant part of our success, was that we were all about that's that one store being fabulous. Okay. Mm. There were no there were no visions of glory. Um, it was one great store, and that was the end oh, of wow. the vision. And the vision oh, wow. only expanded because I had customers literally beating me on the head to open <laughs> in their neighborhoods, and I had no choice. Yep. I mean, it was, you know, it yep. was just obviously the, the concept had legs. It was very mm-hmm. apparent that it had legs. Um, but even then, it was, uh, you know, I'm a New Englander by mm-hmm. uh, birth, and New England has built things slowly. It's, it's a, <laughs> you know, so it was a brick by brick kind of, kind of, kind of growth pattern um, to the point where eventually my brother who gave me the idea came into the business. I mm-hmm. drew upon his expertise. He was a Stanford MBA. He knew about finance and things that I was unfamiliar with. I knew that I needed, you know, to have all the pieces of the puzzle if this thing was going to be, if it it was going to go forward successfully, Uh, like, like a rocket ship launch, you need all the pieces, including the little rubber gaskets, you know, or it doesn't take off. Exactly. So did you move, did you move to Berkeley to start this business? Well, no, I didn't, I didn't move to start the business. I, I, when, when I moved, I was doing the Holy Land foods slash uh, gifts. I see. I see. And then gotcha. when that when that failed, like, then what else? Yeah. What else? Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. Okay. So right. you did you did not have this vision um, of no. what Noah's New York Bagels would become. And so no, for my not at all. for my listeners who who don't quite understand the um, magnitude of that business, will you describe what you what you built it to? Well, yeah. I mean, we had we had 38, you know, high volume stores. Yeah. Um, it was spread out between uh, Los Angeles and Seattle. Um, we had roughly a thousand employees uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know, something in the neighborhood of uh, 40 million dollars in sales. Wow. Um, the, all the stores uh, at the time of our departure were successful. Uh, we had uh, a virtual rollout machine um, in terms of opening stores. Mm. We were we were really on the move, and and I think and I think one thing that is it's very pertinent to it, it ties into the discussion we had before about not getting um, ahead of yourselves yep. and and uh, uh, with too much chutzpah to use the yep. the Jewish Love term. It. You know uh, that that um, I always looked behind my back for competition all mm. the way through from the mm. day the first store was open till the day we sold it and 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 it's some six and a half years later and yeah. there was virtually no competition going all the way through yeah but that, lo and that, behold yeah. at the very end okay yep. there was a huge national player that was rolling up bagel stores the the best um, regional chains across the country into one mega mega company, and they told us if we didn't sell our business, 
you know, they were going to devour us. Okay. They mm-hmm. had the money and they were going to open across the street from us and so forth wow. and so on. So it was a real big challenge and the stakes were a lot higher at that point. Yeah. And, but the, the fact that we were, were, were so concerned about competition all the way through meant that we built, built a very solid organization mm-hmm. to the point where we, we refused their, um, their offer, which was a stock offer, not a not a cash oh, offer. Huh, OK. Huh. And and we waited. And a year later, they came back to us with a full cash offer, which we wow. did take. And a year after that, they went bankrupt. And <gasps> all of these all of these individual stores got something like 10 cents on the dollar. Oh, my God. So, so I'm like I mean, genuinely it, shocked here. I, you can it hear it in my shocking, voice. But like, it was a shocking, this, wow. it was a shocking story. It I was a shocking story. Yeah. And, and Holy but cow. I, I, I really wow. wanted to, I really wanted to emphasize um, the, 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 the point about ensuring quality all mm. the way through, mm. even after you're doing really well, yep. that, that there's always, this is America. There's going to be someone who's going to come after you if you're doing well. You <laughs> right. better believe that. Yep. 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 Oh, gosh. I, I like literally have goosebumps here thinking about this, this yeah. point of your growth. But no, I think yeah. one of the one of the keys that I want to highlight again here is this idea that um, you built a brand, right? Oh, you built a brand, right. not just a bagel shop. You built True. a brand that was... It, by and large, like unreplicable, right? Like sure, this other business was <laughs> um, bullying you or intimidating you a bit, and then mm-hmm. sure enough, they mm-hmm. they purchase your business, but mm-hmm. they didn't have they didn't have what you had, and they couldn't replicate your success. Um, I, I think that's well, yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of reasons why they failed. Ali. Sure, right, uh, right, right, but, right, right. And, yeah. and Noah still it does still exist, and right. there are other. They didn't, by the way, absorb our brand. They left our brand right. integral because yep. it yep. was so strong on the West Coast. Yep. Um, but uh, but um, and so there were reasons that they failed. But I I, I think the sort of like what the defining you know thing for me was. They, the name of their company, I'm sure many people yeah. are familiar with it, it's called Einstein Bagels. And I asked them how they got the name and their marketing guy who had worked for Burger King, <laughs> you know, had done a, done a computer search and he wanted a Jewish sounding name that had connoted intelligence because sure. they were they were fighting it out with donuts at that point. In, in, if you can believe it, it you know, donuts, huh. getting the consumer away from donuts into something, quote unquote, <laughs> healthier. Okay, and so it was all like this kind of business school sort of like this is how you name something, um, mm. but they then had to pay the Einstein, Albert Einstein family, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars oh. because they owned the name, and you couldn't just do that. Sure. Um, um, so beyond the legalities and the sort of it, it just was to me it was sort of silly business. Okay, yeah. our our yeah. brand was hey, it was my name. You know, right. it was intuitive. It was organic, if you will. Yep. Theirs was kind of manufactured. And I think what I'm seeing so much nowadays is people want authenticity. They mm. want small producers. They want to know where their food's coming from. 
And that story has to really be told in such a way that the consumer gets it. Yeah, it's almost, I almost hear you saying that like the consumer could kind of call out that BS from Einstein's yeah. bagels, right? They knew it wasn't authentic, which Noah, I'm just going to say is a little bit ironic because you have, you, your business idea was just this like, hey, maybe I should start a New York bagel company on the West Coast. Right, right, and, right, right, um, right. And it's, still you know, really you succeeded, know, right? You know, Allie, Allie <laughs> as you know, as well as I do, it's all about the execution. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can, you can have, you know, a, 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 an MBA manufactured, you know, computer generated yep. m- marketing yep. program, or you can have individuals which have, which have kind of a touch and feel. And I think, yep. and by the way, I think there's a place for both. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think I know there's a place for both. Um, and, and when you marry the two, which is, I think what we did with Noah's, because yeah. I had the the sort of the the founder, you know, fire, if you will, yep, the creativity, sure. the the obsession with quality, and then we brought in people who were the tacticians and the experts who you know knew how many bagel shops belonged in you know Paso Robles or something, right? right and right. and and the and the marriage of those two, you know, w- allowed us to to create a big company that had a you know, a, a, a family owned feel to it. Yep. Um, and, and the metrics on that um, were that we had half the uh, turnover of uh, comparable quick serve retail um, restaurants. Wow. Wow. And, and, and our brand in the San Francisco Bay Area was a, a tick below McDonald's in terms of de- name recognition. Wow. Uh, when, and, when we did demographic studies. Yeah. And, and still is right. You know, here we are fast yeah. forward. I don't know. The, 20 years, 30 years later. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah. The brand is stuck. It's over 30 years old. Yeah. 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 People still recognize it and know it. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's really powerful. Um, Okay. So you sold, uh, you sold for a hundred million dollars, which is just bananas to me. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) And tell me what happened next. So I, I, I kind of lived a, um, lived out a dream of going back to Jerusalem and learning everything I should have learned in Sunday school, mm. uh, but didn't, um, in a year long, uh, kind of Jewish school of higher learning yep. called the yeshiva. Um, and I brought my wife and two kids and we had a wonderful, uh, year there and really exploration and just magic. And, and then came back and I was, um, approached to um, help to start a Jewish community high school in San Francisco Bay. Mm. And so I dipped my toes in a venture that I, I that knew nothing about, um, which was somewhat a commonality of all my businesses. Um, uh, but the food business, I had a real feel for. Uh, yeah. This was another animal altogether, but I had a a kid who I wanted to be in this school and I wanted to do this for the community. And it was a four year full-time volunteer um, job. And I must say that we're uh, uh, we started just 10 days after nine 11. It was a rough start, Um, but, but it's over 20 years now and the school is thriving. And I, I feel very proud of what I did there. Um, So I ended that four year tenure and then opened a, uh, kosher Italian vegetarian restaurant in Berkeley, <laughs> uh, which had fabulous food, 
um, <laughs> and we almost made money. Um, yep. <laughs> but but, um, but uh, we had a four year run and it 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 wasn't there wasn't enough there to continue with. And we and we closed it down. Gotcha. Um, and gotcha. so that was another, you know, lesson in, OK, you know, you win some, you lose some and you just got to get off, you know, uh, your chair and keep going. Yep. Um, yep. And, and so um, I went I went from there to. Um, writing a book and I'll advertise yeah. my book, uh, yeah. uh, 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 which is called business mensch, M E N S C H, which, which tells my story, um, and tells an entrepreneur's tale, uh, at the same time. Yeah, and, no, I'm uh, going to link, I'll link the book in the show notes please, here. Um, and I'm please. so excited to read it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, uh, that can be found, uh, on an e-reader and, and I think there's, uh, even, uh, hard, you know, hard copies, mm-hmm. there are copies available on, on Amazon. Um, and, and that, that took me on a book tour and a lot of, a lot of speaking engagements, um, along the way, um, in, in, in conjunction with the book. Uh, and then I, I sort of parlayed that into a um, coaching and advising business, which I'm doing now. Yep. Um, and my my sort of sweet spot, and that's why I'm so uh, excited to be with Retail Ready, is is entrepreneurs just starting out. The 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 yeah. as I as I alluded to earlier, the start of the business is what's so exciting to me. Um, right. And and I feel that you know at, with all of this um, experience, I sort of at least know not what to, you know, uh, what not to do, right. which is, which is, I think is, is equally as important as what to do. I was going to say, that's yeah. like 90% of what you need to know is what not to do. Yeah, it's really true. And, yeah. uh, going back to Henri and his, and his new business, uh, it's just been so exciting and, and, and realizing that, uh, while I've never made or sold tortillas, uh, I, 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 I had a lot to offer. Yeah, uh, to him, and, and I think that I, I, the proof's in the pudding that he's, oh. you know, he's happy. He's happy with what he's getting, and and I'm I'm just anxious to share that, you know, that expertise with others. And I I I the coaching and the advising um, are, you know, especially for startups, are really a sort of a hand in glove, um, a mm-hmm. ca- kind of kind yeah. of uh, situation because you. The, the entrepreneur's personal situation and goals and aspirations and dreams and resources and so forth, you know, clearly tie in with the ultimate success of the business as much as the sort of, again, we discussed it, the business fundamentals. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I, one of my business coaches says your financial success cannot outpace your personal growth. And I just mm. really go back to that time mm. and time again. About oh, that's how, terrific. Yeah. You know, it was just a, it really like, you know, it's like yeah. um, stuck in my head here because it makes mm. me realize that if I want to grow this business, I have to invest in myself and I have to be, I have to have that CEO mindset uh, mm-hmm, when I show up to mm-hmm. my desk every day. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's hard, Noah. It's really hard to do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, it's really, you're making a really good point uh, because I'll just allude to, to something my father once said, he was always my 
you know, main mentor. Uh, mm-hmm. He was elected to be a selectman in the town of Brookline, which is the equivalent of a city councilor. Mm-hmm. So he was in, you know, running the city with eight yeah. other people. Wow. And after his first meeting, someone came over to him and said, um, uh, Councilman Alper, what's your opinion on, you know, fill in the blank? And he looked and like, where's Councilman Alper? <laughs> you know, he didn't like, and then he realized, oh, wait a minute, that's me. Um, I have got to step up uh, to this role and figure out what yeah. I need to do. And, yeah. and even though, even though uh, it's, it's, it's a step beyond what I've done, uh, I can think about it. I can get resources around it. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And I can and I can grow into that part and become that, you know, like I became at Noah's from, you know, a schlepper with one store yeah. into, you know, the chairman of this company that sold for a hundred million dollars. You know, it was a little bit of a leap, but I, I understood um, that I had to grow and evolve in, in, in order in order to, you know, in order to do that role effectively. Totally. And, and, totally. and, and, and and that takes that takes a lot of a lot of um, introspection and it takes a lot of yeah. help from others. Oh, for sure. I mean, I cannot tell you how much I invest in in business coaching. It just it it really makes me realize that and I'm sure you've seen this, too. You know, as entrepreneurs, we we build these businesses that at each stage of growth, we have to become a new person to get past that next stage. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons I think Noah, that people are challenged by business ownership, that they feel like at some point they should, um, I don't know it all, or at some point they right. should get to a place where it's easy or, you know, they should right. get to this level of success. And then, then things start, you know, uh, really cranking and sure. Like while we do never happen, you know, like, <laughs> sure. It get like some things get easier and like we get more confidence right. and, and things like that. I, right. I think fundamentally, you know, as we grow businesses, it, it is just perpetually identifying problems and figuring out new solutions. A hundred percent. Because the 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 problems, uh, the the magnitude is 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 bigger, you yeah. know. And, oh, yeah. and you may For you sure. may have you may have a, a certain piece of it nailed, but you get bigger, and this it just you know it's yeah, absolutely. The the order of magnitude expands and expands. Yeah. I mean, I mean, eventually towards the end of Noah's, we had Starbucks as a a 20% owner of the business. Oh, wow. We had a lot of, we had a lot of different voices. Yeah. Um, our senior managers who were all um, stockholders. And I wanted to make that, that point very clearly because the, the, the exit um, uh, amount, it, w- mm-hmm. it was very right, large, sure. but I, it was definitely <laughs> yeah. not all me at all. It was yeah. a team effort, a hundred percent of the way. And I, and, and, and truth, truth be told, I think that was a, very significant part of our success. And I, yeah. I wanted to keep back on something that you just said about, you use the word invest in, mm-hmm. in, in coaching. Oh, and I yeah. think for a lot of entrepreneurs, um, there, there sometimes there's a confusion between spending money and investing money. Yes. And it's really, really an important distinction, even though when you think about it, it's fairly obvious. It, a lot of times when you know, have a finite amount of money, how do you allocate it? It's not it's not so easy, um, but uh, one has to think um, big and, you know, in a as like I yeah. tell my clients, you know, you want to get to be X, X size. You're going to start thinking about 
what a company of that size would be doing at your stage of development were they yes. to spin off a new company. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's it is it's a subtle shift in mindset, right? That that I, I we can even use you know your consulting services or retail ready as an example. Investing in an executive coach or investing in retail ready is a much different experience than spending, I don't know, yeah. uh, spending something that you're not going to see a return on. Ins- in insurance. Insurance. Good. That's a great example. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, what's my yeah. example here? Yeah, insurance. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, right. And so I, I, gosh, Noah, like the more I invest in myself and the more I invest in my team, the more um, the more food businesses we can mm. support and, and influence and impact, which just feels awesome. So... And, and I wanted to congratulate you on on retail ready success oh, and, and growth. It's just uh, it, it's it, it's a tremendous program. I, I I really wish something like that existed back in 1973. <laughs> you know, oh I'd gosh, be, uh, it would have been game. Seriously, the gosh, uh, that yeah. would have been all in person and, you know, or like all sure. dialing in or something. But, oh, um, I don't know how it would have happened, but, yeah. uh, well, but the, the need, the need was there, uh, just as much as it is now. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to have us wrap this up because I could continue talking to you for hours and hours, but I need to leave something for our retail ready students to, um, you know, pick your brain on in May. I'm so excited for that, Noah. So before I let you go, tell me where, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you if they're interested in continuing the conversation? Sure. NoahAlperConsulting.com. N-O-A-H. A-L-P-E-R consulting.com or my personal email, my name, N-O-A-H-A-L-P-E-R at gmail.com. Ah, easy. I'm going to link, I'm going to link both of those in the show notes. I'll link your book in the show notes as well. Thank you again for sending me a copy. I'm, I'm really excited to read it. My husband picked it up and he was like, what is this? (laughs) What is this book? (laughs) I was like, well, I will tell you once I read it. Um, (laughs) Noah, I'm, I'm so grateful for your time today and your expertise and, and for that, just being open to the introduction once Henri reached out and, and suggested that we connect. I really, really appreciate it. I, 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 again, I'll just repeat myself, but I, I, when he told me what he was doing and what he was learning, I, I, my, my mouth was open. It was like, wow, <laughs> how, how huge is this? Uh, I, I'm really, I'm speaking honestly. I, I think you're, you're providing a tremendous service, and I, and I think that it, the, the proof's in the pudding with the you know, with the um, appeal, the the appeal has been um, received so well by so many Thank you. aspiring, aspiring companies. And I wish you all the success in the world as you go forward. Thank you so much, Noah. I'll see you on our Retail Ready Industry Expert Call in May. Sounds great. Thank you again, Ellie. Thank you. Okay, my whizzes. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did and that it encourages you to think critically about your business goals, where you will invest in your dreams. And I hope it lets your imagination run wild as you think about your future. So remember, if you are a Retail Ready student, join us live on May 19th for our monthly Retail Ready Industry Expert Call with Noah. Or you can always catch the replay in our student archive if you can't join us for the live recording. You know, we have expert calls from the past 
two years waiting there for you. So thank you as always for tuning in. Have a good one. And I will see you right back here next week. Bye. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again soon. So jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.